Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Non-League podcast, which was going to be recorded in another random spot due to some hashtag first world problems that had hit me hard this week. However, um, Jack at, at my not local branch of a well-known car repairers has sorted me out and I've managed to get home in time for my weekly catch up with Matt Gerrard. I'm John Phipps and I've left it a little bit longer than usual to introduce my co-host as Matt is currently pacing out his long run for when we talk about Dover Athletic. Um, but before that, how are you, mate? You, you glad to be back at work after your holiday? Uh, uh, over the moon, in football, in football terms, yeah, yeah. It's, I've only been back two days and I'm back again against a brick wall a couple of times. So I, I work with, um, in IT, so if we've got any other people out there working in IT, they're probably jumping the air seeing the same old things, yeah. But yeah, it's not too bad. I, you know, it's nice to come home, you know, you better luxury to then Monday morning came and I was like crying and the kids went on some meltdown. You know, you just back to normality and you walk back into the office and everybody else is as well. So, yeah, yeah well, apart from that, apart from speaking to you, John, because I haven't seen you for two weeks. It's probably the longest this year. Um, yeah, I'm all right, but I, I, maybe I'm missing you. That could be the caveat to my miserableness. Yeah, well, we'll see each other next week, so don't worry. We'll see each other on yeah, Tuesday, shall we? Appreciate it, mate. Yeah, I look forward to it. Okay, good. Um, it's our 46th episode this week, uh, Matt, which is, apparently is Valentino Rossi's number. And if you've ever seen lots of people, they always have those little stickers with the four six on their cars. That's what it's all about. So they're all big fans of Valentino Rossi. And it's also spread to my former boss, Glenn Garrett, um, who is on Twitter at GlennGarrett46. And that's the exact reason, because he's a fan of Valentino Rossi. And that's twice I've mentioned him in the last 16 hours or so, as I was also discussing him with one of our guests on this week's show as well. Um, Matt, are you a fan of Valentino Rossi? Do you know what? Um, my father-in-law likes the old bunch of bikes. And when um, he used to have Sky Sports, I think it's on BT now, I think anyway, but then um, we used to go around and watch it, because he's got a few bikes from my father-in-law. And I really used to love Valentino Rossi. Then he went to a poor team and didn't do well. But, you know, he's one of these people who breaks his leg on a Thursday and wins a race on a Sunday, yeah. So he's an absolute... As I can't ride a bike, as you may know, God, I would never get on a motorbike because, you know, people's lives would be at stake, probably. But Rossi, yeah, what a man. He's, um, yeah, a four, I don't know what 46 means. Very much, maybe it's his first number he ever had. But I do like a bit of um, Valentino Rossi. Yeah, he's probably the only one I know, really. But um, I always want him to win when I find out. And, and probably I too do check. I, I can't despise the Formula One, so I don't really particularly boats for me, but I probably would look out and find out who won uh, the MotoGP rather than that one. So yeah, yeah, I'm more of a MotoGP than a Formula One fan, to be honest. Excellent. Well, we'll dedicate this week's show to uh, to Valentino Rossi then, who I'm sure is a massive fan of the Kent Non-League podcast. Um, and he's got a lot of sponsorship because he's been numerous massive companies recently. Have anybody been in touch to sort of sponsor this or anything? No, not yet. No, no Harvester, no Nando's. Who else we mentioned? Feast. They're, Feast aren't interested in the slightest. They, they, they won't even bring back your favourite, your favourite ice cream. Yeah. So, um, what else have been uh, in, the, in the thing? But uh, have you watched Luther? No. You've watched Luther. You've got. I know you've got Netflix. And also, I've, I've been watching. If you got um, uh, Amazon Prime. How many subscriptions do you think I've got? No, I haven't. <laughs> no, I've only subscribed to that for a month so I can watch the Man City documentary. I don't know if you've seen about that. And I'm really enjoying the Man City documentary. I know a lot of this is edited to make them look wonderful, but I, I've really enjoyed it. I love the football um, documentary. You know, the old one, I don't know, Dave Bassett did one, Warlock's done one, and Peter Reid back in the day when it's 
you know, if you, it's chalk and cheese when you see Peter Reid doing his uh, tea talk after going back in maybe early 2000s and then Pep Guardiola doing it. But it's it's quite interesting. So 7 99 even 5 99 eight programmes it is on, on episode five, I think, the Man City documentary. If you're into football, and I think, um, well, if you're listening to this podcast and probably are into football, I'd probably recommend it. And also, you know, I follow a lot of footballers on Twitter who play non-league football and they're loving it as well. So I'm down with the footballers with this one. Maybe you should do your own podcast special documentary behind the scenes at Dover Athletic. Well, it, well it, beep, 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 good afternoon probably would be at the moment, but then we'll, we'll get onto that later. Exactly. And just finally, as, as Matt has touched on there, if you don't like football and are listening to this programme, then um, I'm not really sure what you're doing. Um, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it, but it's probably not for you. Um, anyway... Matt's still not quite paced, managed to pace out his run-up all the way. So we'll leave the National League to, to for, probably to the end, actually. We'll start at the other end of the pyramid in the Southern Counties East League. Well, on Tuesday night, I saw a cracking game. Chapman Town went to Punjab United with a 100% record, but they left without a 100% record. He had started so well for the Chats, who led through Brian Walker's header within a minute, but Anthony Adesiti levelled against the run of play. Parity lasted a couple of minutes or so when Jack Mahoney restored the lead. Simon Cuthbert headed in to make it 2-2 and despite chances of plenty at both ends in the closing stages, that was how it finished. After the game, I spoke to both camps. We'll talk to Chatham shortly, but first, here's Punjab United boss Chippy Shyam. League leaders at home, you've, you've given them a really good game, haven't you? You've got to be really pleased. I'm very pleased, mate. I think uh, we played some good football as well. You know, um, oh, It was a bit of a crap start, which wasn't great for us. I think we've done that the last few games done that again on Saturday at Canterbury but then we totally outplayed them so I know where it was coming today we just didn't finish Saturday but um, played really well today I've been really proud of the boys so uh, yeah, we've got a few out Adam Cuff but my captain's out you've got the Paul Lorraine's been injured for the last couple of games so we've been struggling a little bit with a squad but yeah today the boys showed what we can do if we all play like this every week, God willing. <laughs> and you could have won it at the end as well. A couple we of really good chances. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, Lee made a great save from their striker as well. But yeah, to be honest, we should have won it. I think that, that should have been a goal at the end. But I think a fair, fair play, I think a draw is a good point. A good point for us and a fair point for both teams, I think. I came here obviously in pre-season. We had a chat about what the step up was going to be like. Your four or five games in there, how's it been? Um, do you know what? I did, that's exactly what I said at the end of the game there with the boys. I said, everyone kept saying it's a big, big, big step. You know, I think we can cope with it. I really do believe if we get the squad which I've got and they're, you know, regularly fit every week, I think we can cope. I don't, you know, I don't know where we're going to be. I don't know what's going to happen. But I just said to him, look, you play like this every week, we shouldn't fear no one. And that's exactly what I've said to him. You know, have a faith and believe in yourselves. Go and play every week and just play like this. That's it. It's almost the haves and the haves nots tonight a little bit, isn't it? Because there's a few reports saying that Chatham have put some money into the squad and you haven't got that much money knocking around for your playing no, budget. And, no. But the way that you've matched them has is, is got yeah. to make you so happy. Look, there's always pressure on teams. I remember when we, we've come into the first division, people saying, oh, yeah, they must put a lot of money and get it. Look, at the end of the day, you've got to go and get the right players for that as well. And, you know, we we haven't got a massive budget this year. You know, we've got a lot of ground improvements going on. We're going to move soon. Um, so we couldn't really bring anyone in what we wanted to do. So we kept the same squad and we said, yeah, we'll train them harder, we'll work them harder, we'll get. You know, pre-season's been great. So, yeah, we're, we're confident, yeah. And sometimes your fitness, energy, hard-working levels can match any team. Good crowd in tonight. And I guess that's, you know, you, you want to get even more people in there. And I suppose for the people of Gravesend who don't necessarily know you're here, you know, they need to come and, and watch your, your they side, They have don't to, they? yeah. We're trying to get them through the door, you know. I know 
I think one of the funny comments I had was that we're too cheap, you know, and it came, people were coming and said, oh, you know, two pound a beer and, you know, one, a five pound entry, it's the cheapest we've ever been to, but, you know, we're just trying to get people to come in, because, you know, the local community here, we want them to come and watch us play, and a lot of them do come and watch us play, so, you know, we've got to keep the prices a little bit reasonable, and we just want people to come and watch, really, that's why we let the kids in free, we don't charge the kids, we just want them to come and enjoy it, so... You've got lots of houses around here as well, and I guess that's a market you can tap into. But you say you're moving, are you? Is, is that the plan? Yeah, the plan is to move. Um, we'll probably be going to uh, Fleet Leisure next, uh, maybe next year or the year after. So that's the plan. Um, it's going to be totally regutted, and um, the guy who's actually taking us over, they're going to take us with us. So it'll be a great Epsi Academy and Punjab United, nice little link. So, yeah, it be a fantastic move for us. Don't want to move here, but yeah, that's just the way it is. We've got to progress. I suppose the things, a lot of the time you're not playing, Ebbsfleet you're at home and you're away and, and vice versa. So I suppose it's an opportunity for people who don't want to travel miles to watch Ebbsfleet. You know, there's some good quality football here on your Oh, 100%. We, we really uh, tapped into their Twitter. So a lot of boys do come and watch us play here, which is great. They give us a little text on Twitter. We're going to come watch you play today because we can't go too far, you know, out. So to watch Ebbsfleet. So yeah, it's a fantastic thing. So um, it's a nice little link with Ebbsfleet at the moment because we've got Paul Lorraine, you've got Sesk who used to play for them. So yeah, they want to come and watch them boys play. So yeah, we're getting more of our community coming to watch which is a good thing now so um, we're trying to progress the club we need people to come and watch I love it I'm standing here and I'm about 10 foot away from your ice bars which are a little <laughs> bit unique aren't they so basically a wheelie bin with some, with some ice hey, it? it's the way to do it it's the way to do it they've been bugging me for months and also I thought you know what I'll go and buy two wheelie bins chuck the ice now I said now go and sit in it so I just got them in it now so hey it just keeps the boys happy that's what it is so you've got a couple of takers which kind of surprised me <laughs> especially out in the cold now look they're feeling it now but I've told them they've got to stay in there for five minutes I'm not going to take them back home um, Saturday, you've got Lordswood. Um, they're yes. another side who, you know, people are tipping to do well. They've had an, yeah. an all right start, so I guess you just have to take each game as it comes. Yeah, we're, we're, listen, we're, we're not going to fear no one. You know, we show total respect to um, every every team which we play, and as far as I'm concerned, we have to go and earn that as well. So we have to go out there and play like this, work hard like this. Anything can happen. I don't fear. I don't fear any team in this division. We're looking forward to the FA Vars first time ever as well. That's great for us. Um, shame we couldn't play in the FA Cup, but it's just the way it is. Um, rules are rules but yeah it's, it's, it's been a fantastic start I'm enjoying every minute of it you know talking to the chat and management team earlier you know they were saying they've done really well to get up to where this level and yeah we're going to enjoy it while we go um, Matt you can tell he's really enjoying himself so far in the Southern Counties East League isn't he every time you know, we, we turn into sort of a problem job um, sort of um, appreciation society but every time I listen to him I like him even more how confident and uh, he's enjoying the game when you can see where Punjab United have come so you know he puts a smile on my face when I listen to him and uh, he can do that to me we have to be Mr Misery this week what can he do to his players and that sounds like an absolute cracking game one of the things you mentioned in there Byron Walker who must be about four foot six heading the ball in the first minute it was a sort of low free kick. It, it sort of, it had low trajectory on him, and it and it came in low, and he sort of stole in. It's a little bit of a diving header, and and you know he did quite well. And, and Chatham, um, we'll hear from Brad Sandman shortly. Um, I don't know that they. I, I was expecting them to maybe be a little bit better, but while we're talking about Punjab, what a performance they put in last night. That you know you can't. It, as I said to him there, it is a bit of the haves and the have-nots. You know, seeing their players there in their make do. Uh, ice baths by the side of the pitch and and all that, but the, the, the spirit that they've got in that team is second to none. And and like you say, you know, we're not a Punjab Appreciation Society by any uh, any means. You know, we like all of our teams equally, but they are an impressive bunch of guys. And what I really liked was I've only really met Chippy once at pre-season friendly. And as soon as he saw me at the end of the game, he came over, shook my hand, said it was great to see me again. And that's the kind of thing. 
that's kind of why we do this podcast because you know to give these clubs that that chance to get their stuff out there, but also that they are genuinely nice people. And Punjab, you know, he, he says that they've got plans to move on. It'd be nice to get a few more people in. So if you are in the Gravesend area, that, go and watch them. Absolutely. What, what's the ground like at the moment? Where do they play, John? Case Sports, I think that's where Epsleet used to train, wasn't it? What a move to. But what, elite, where do they play at the moment? They're at Elite Venue, um, which is in Gravesend. If you know uh, Gravesend at all, which I actually don't. So the best way to do it is if you come off, if you're going up the A2 um, towards London, where the uh, SO petrol garage is on your left-hand side, it's the first junction after that. It's all marked Gravesend South. And then you just sort of drop down and go into the bottom of the ta- uh, the bottom of Gravesend. It's all it's in the middle of a housing estate. Um, you know, it's it's in terms of the stadium, it's it's not really a stadium. It's got the what they need, the fifty seats. It's got the the clubhouse and everything, but there's plenty of parking. But last night I couldn't get a space, uh, so I had to go up right up the back and and walk back in the dark later on. And the pitch is quite nice. I was on the pitch. When we did that interview, and it's an it's actually a nice little place to watch football and. You know, five quid to get in as well, which is which is another massive thing. So I was expecting to pay seven, eight, nine pounds to get in. Five pound at the gate, which I thought was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, I think what he's saying there is trying to attract the people in. It's going to be difficult, you know, with everything doing well, uh, getting 14, 1500 every week. Would people go to Punjab? But that's why they're building the community up. And from, from that point of view, and players out there, there's been experienced players at Chatham got. And in Punjab, you know, you've come from... Uh, they've had back-to-back promotions, haven't they, John? I think yeah. we said about this, though. Yeah, they have. They've had, they've had back-to-back promotions and come through into the Southern Counties East League. And he's kept some of the players, definitely. He's, you know, he said to the players at the start of the season, you players have got me here, so I'm going to give you a chance. And that's what he's doing. And, you know, they don't pay a great amount of money. They've got a, a, a tiny playing budget. But those players have come up and, and they've come straight through. And now they're holding their own, more than holding their own, at, at, the, at the next level. What sort of age are the players? And did you think they're players who can? We said before, is it a big leap up into the Devon Bostick South East Division? Got that right, finally. Do you think some of the players could go further because they were they've gone through that? Surely, clearly, they are good players, good non-league players. I'd say so. Yeah, there's certainly a couple of them that were handy. I didn't actually have a team sheet last night, which is the only thing I would say was a bit disappointing about it because I didn't actually know who, who had the ball, who, who were the good players. But there were a couple of Punjab players who really stood out. They've also got uh, Paul Lorraine, who's out injured at the moment. Um, but yep. he's there. He's an experienced player, played at Woking, played at Ebb's Fleet. You know, so they are pushing in the right direction. And, you know, those players, those young, they've got some young players there who, who are certainly looking the part. And, they, you know, they're good players on the bench as well. And, and I think the future is very bright there. Professionalism-wise, John, you know, we, the good thing we've come across them and we've spoken to them is they are a professional outfit. Because it's very, if you come up the levels, you know, it's very difficult. You may stay in the sort of standard you were before. But professionally, off and on the pitch, I think they're in the right direction. Yeah, they really are. Um, Chatham, though, I mean, obviously, we talk about them last year. I went to see them last year and, and we expected more from them last season, I would say. Um, but they had an absolutely brilliant start to the campaign. Um, manager James Collins wasn't there on Tuesday night, um, but his assistant Brad Sanderman was, and I caught up with him after the game as well. A oh, cracking game for the neutral. I guess you're probably disappointed with the final outcome, are you? Uh, yeah. Um, I thought first half, they were, they were a lot better. Even though all the goals were in the first half, they, I thought they, were, they acquitted themselves very well against us, stopped us playing. We didn't. We got a little bit bullied, I thought, in the first half. Our passing wasn't good. Pretty much terrible first half. 
Yeah. So do you have to phone the gaffer now and give him a debrief? Uh, I will do, yes. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be quite a long one, I think. Um, but no, it's just, it, uh, unfortunately, you know, you can f- afford to have two players, three players, not at the, at the races, but when you've got seven or eight players, I think it's very hard to, uh, to do you know, to, to do anything really and create a lot of uh, chances and keep the ball and uh, we we just didn't do that today. They're a good little side open job, aren't they? They're doing yeah, well no, in their first season up. Yeah, no, definitely. They, they, uh, they, they've got uh, the number 11, I can't remember his name, very, very good player, very skillful. Um, but overall, they play some nice football. Uh, they moved it around and they worked their socks off for each other. Generally, great start to the season for the chat, so... Yeah, no, no, we've started off well, and uh, the best thing about today is we didn't lose. Uh, you know, we got a point. Uh, I think that was a point gained over over the 90 minutes. I thought I thought they were probably a little bit better than us, and we just had too many players who weren't quite the races today. But to be fair to us, we, we came out, we came out, and uh, for the first you know 40 minutes of that second half, I thought we we were pretty much uh, more of the dominant team, and we we did uh, we did well. Last five minutes, we we got a little bit lucky again. Yeah. When I spoke to James, I spoke to him about April time, and he said, you know, it was important that you sort of finish the season strongly and built a little bit. And, and you seem to have built a really strong side that's capable of, of doing well at this level. Yeah, we've we've changed it around a lot. Uh, James obviously knows a, a lot of people. Uh, he's brought in some, I think, some very good players. Um, it's just all about getting that consistency over the season, you know. And uh, today we didn't have that consistency, but we didn't lose the game. It's a tough league, isn't it? And I think it's, this year it's very open because there's no big team in it that everyone's expecting to win it. And I guess that's a chance for Chatham to get back to the level that you want to be at, ultimately. Yeah, I think there's, a, you know, there's probably five or six teams like ourselves who, who think they can win it. Um, and it's all about, as I say, consistency. Can you, can you win week in, week out? You know? And uh, you've got to have that level. The players have got to have that level to do that. You know, Monday, uh, on a Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, and all the way through the season, and uh, it's hard. And uh, we will probably go through a few more players, but you know, we'll uh, we'll get there eventually, hopefully. Um, didn't pull any punches there, really, Matt. Did he said they were terrible, and um, there would be a long debrief between him and James. But ultimately, they came out of it with a point, and on another night, they could have had all three. Yeah, I think they'd be delighted with the start to the season. Ten points from four games. Um... Scoring goals as well. Uh, and again, their main in this season is to get promoted. Um, I think Chatham shouldn't really be in this level. They should be in the level above. Um, and now they're working to it. Bradley Sanderman, I forgot him. He used to play for Dover a bit back in the day. So he's a very experienced player in his day playing football league. So interesting. Where was James? Was he, you know, working or something from that point of view? It, it, it wasn't mentioned actually. I don't, I don't know if he might. I think he might be on holiday. Cause I did hear someone say to him, "Well, oh, when's he back Friday?" Um, so I, I think he might have gone away on holiday because it is difficult. Because a lot of these, um, a lot of these managers and players, they do have families, and this yeah. time of the season is very tricky. You know, because if you've got young families, school age kids, and you want to take them on holiday, you know, it's all right for Mister Matthew Gerrard from IT to swan off down to Cornwall for a week. But if you've got responsibilities of managing a non-league team, it is completely different, you know. And and I guess it, it, it kind of goes with the trade. And, and I'm sure James would have been keeping a very close eye on what went on because um, when we spoke to him before, we know that he's very passionate about how it goes. Yeah, it is difficult uh, from these sort of players. If you've got a young family before they go back to school, again, they pack the, pack the games in, don't they, pretty quickly in the, uh, in the scaffold as well. So you're playing midweeks while it's light, which I think is the right decision as well because... It, get more people through the gates but yeah but Chatham I think they'll, they'll be pleased with that if you as you were a neutral John 
who do you think deserved to win the game? Or do you think a draw was a fair result? I'd say ultimately a, a, a draw was a fair result because I thought at the start, I thought Chatham looked really good. They they passed the ball about well. And, and as I said earlier, the, the, the first equaliser for me came against the run of play. Really well taken goal. But Chatham did look susceptible at the back. And towards the end, they, Punjab had some brilliant chances. And it was one of those, I'd say a draw was a fair result. But if either team had nicked it, the other probably couldn't complain too much. If that If that's not just the most excessive bit of fence-sitting you've ever heard? <laughs> well, I think you are sitting on the fence, but I think I mean, you're all looking at it from what both managers said as well, which draw was the fair result. But the overall question, what did you think of the quality of the game? I thought that there were parts of it that were good, there were parts of it that weren't so good. I thought the second, or well, both Punjab goals were actually really good. Um, the first one was a good move and then cut in and shot low into the bottom corner. The second ball, the second one I thought was a really good cross into the box and a really good header. Um, Chatham looked very good from from set pieces. Was it the best game of football I've ever seen? No, but it was entertaining. And everyone who's paid their fiver to get in there certainly had their money's worth. And, you know, it's still early days, so you can't really tell too much about what the standard of the Southern Counties EC is going to be this year. And as the season goes on, we'll find out. But, you know, for a Tuesday night out, I can't complain. Uh, that is the main thing. And I, again, Skeffel is a really interesting league, I think, for us this year is to look at who's going to be doing too well. Well, you, you know, you've got people like um, Kevin Lisby banging goals left, right and centre, haven't you? So he's top of the goal scoring. There's some players out there. Beckham, should they be doing better? Sheffield bounced back by beating Deal and Deal have had a good start to the season, didn't they? So um, it's a really interesting league, I think, this year. And um, you know, you look at Crowborough last season, riding high, but they seem to have had an issue with me, haven't they? And, and, and now they're not going to be involved in it at all. So, really interesting thing. But Kevin Lee, I don't know how old he is now, but he still knows with the back of the net. He's, I saw he scored a hat-trick in 18, four goals in 18 minutes for Craig Valley. So, uh, good luck for him. Well, exactly. Um, he said, Matt did just say Beckham Town could be doing better. Well, they've now got the only 100% record in the division oh, after they were 2 0 winners. They got it last year, so good knowledge. Yes, yeah, right. making it 3 from 3. Um, and Deal, as you say, were beaten for the first time this season. They lost 3 1 at Sheppey United. And it's been a tricky week for Sheppey. Uh, his chairman, Matt Smith, has stepped down for personal reasons temporarily. Um, and we wish him um, and all of his family well um, during all of that. Corinthian beat Russell. 3-0 on Tuesday night and Fisher and Erith drew 2-2. Fisher made a really good start as well, Matt. Uh, four games in that division on Wednesday night. Um, and in theory, there's a full programme on Monday. Um, but FA Cup replays could, could easily have a say in that. But some good games scheduled on Monday in that league. Uh, AFC Croydon against Rustle. A Mason derby between Beerson and K-Sports. Um, Beckham due to host Croydon. Canterbury against Sheppey at Faversham, obviously. Uh, Deal against Lordswood. Glebe against Fisher, Hollands and Blair against Chatham, uh, Punjab are playing Corinthian and Tunbridge Wells against Crowborough and that's a big derby game as well for two teams who aren't exactly doing that well. Um, we'll move on and have a look in the FA Cup now and there's three standout ties from our point of view. A trio of Kent derbies. Sittingbourne hosts the History Boys of Beersted who we spoke to last week. Cray Wanderers host Rustall and Chatham go to Ramsgate. And here's Brett Sanderman talking about that tie. Yeah, no, it'll be good. Uh, it's a good uh, side above, you know, in the league above. Uh, it'll be a good test for us, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, play a little bit better than what we did today. And just finally, the cup again Saturday. What would a cup run mean to, to Chatham if you can get through this next round and then just sort of keep progressing? It, it give everyone a lift, wouldn't it? Oh no, definitely. It's uh, you know, you always want a little cup run if you can get to the first or second round qualifiers. Uh, that's good, you know, thousands of pounds to the club, you know, and uh, that always helps. You know, and that obviously puts the club. 
you know, into people's minds, and hopefully we get a few more people down at the uh, at the ground. Do you think it's, uh, for a club at this level to reach the first round proper is that just a pipe dream these days? Uh, it's it's all all possible. It's like anybody. Even if you get to the final, you, you always need that luck, you know. And it's not it's not sometimes who's the best team. It's you know getting that little bit of luck at the right time always helps. You know, and you know it'll be tough, but you never know. You never know. You can never say never because teams have done it at our level. What do you think, Matt? Is it a pipe dream for one of our teams to get to the to the first round proper now? I think Hyde did it about 10 years, well, 2010, I think it was. You do need probably a bit of luck with the draw going through it. It's going to be a fantastic achievement. I would say if you can get to maybe the second round, um, a scaffold side, I think you'll be absolutely over the moon with it, to be honest. But again, you know, win this one, you're in the first round, another favourable tie, maybe at home tie. People won't want to come to these sides. If they, it's probably an achievement of winning the competition. You think about it. If one of our sides from the extra preliminary round can get to the first round, because the levels go up. Conference South, second round, you know, you could be playing a side two, three levels above it, which would be tough. Fourth qualifying round, you could get the likes of the Wrexhams of this world, which could be a totally different um, level for these sides. So the draw's going to hand it, but you never know. But it, what an achievement it'll be. I think Kyle did it. I don't know, 2010, but I think it must be the first time in a good few years that did it. Uh, they did it. So um, if they do it, maximum, maximum respect, and fingers crossed they can. Yeah, and that Chatham Ramsgate game. I mean, I, I suppose Chatham will go there with, with not a lot to fear. Ramsgate um, lost their first two league games, and they've also been knocked out of the Kent Senior Cup. Um, Lloyd Blackman was at the game last night doing a bit of scouting as well, and I did catch up with him very briefly. And he was very frustrated, especially after uh, Saturday's defeat to Hastings. Um, he said, you know, we had them in a really good position and unfortunately defensive mistakes cost them. Um, but, you know, Ramsgate, and I, I was going to try and catch Lloyd, but he sort of snuck off. But Ramsgate need a win on Saturday, don't they? It's been a disappointing start for them, I think. Two games, two defeats out of the Cup. Uh, and the FA Cup's massive for Ramsgate. And it's a potential banana skin against Chatham. Team Chatham, Ramsgate, Lloyd Blackman... Working with young players. I saw they were two went up against Hastings and then conceded two in the last ten, I think it was, to lose that. Of course, Hastings will be near the top of the table, but it, we keep saying, oh, they're blooding young players, blooding young players for the experience, but they need those young players now. You've had that experience for a year. Let's go into it. And going out, the, you know, end of August, out of two cup competitions, losing two games and maybe out the FA Cup will be a, a disappointing start for Ramsgate. So, you know, we support both our sides. One of them's going to get through, but I think Ramsgate really need that result. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. We'll just run down quickly the other uh, FA Cup fixtures involving our Kent sides. Beckenham Town against Epsom and Yule. Uh, Chipstead against Corinthian. Loxwood against Erith Town. Arundel against Herne Bay. Ashford United host Horsham YMCA. Thamesmead go to Ballum. Whitstable go to CB Hounslow. Um, Faversham host Hackney Wick. Hastings host VCD Athletic. Hyder at home to Worthing United, Seven Oaks at home to Bedford Sports, and Phoenix Sports go to Three Bridges. Um, some, I was looking at that list when I was typing it up, and I can see quite a few positive results for our Kent sides this weekend. I, I certainly would say I'd be back in Ashford, Faversham, Hyde, possibly Seven Oaks, Whitstable, all to be going through there. Yeah, I, I think we'll have. I think there's more going through than will go out. Um, people like Hay should beat Rust for the thought. Havisham, yeah, Hackney Wick and some of these sides probably uh, Sussex leagues on that. Yeah, but and Hive, 
had a good result uh, last week as well with them um, catching from their main man as well uh, as I can through in that. So yeah, I, I think you know, we will have you know sides coming through. They haven't drawn them for the first round. I presume the first round draw will be Monday, will it? I assume so. Yeah. Thank God, Monday. So yeah, yeah, I'm pretty confident John will have numerous sides in the first round. Um, some of them may have to do it after a replay, but I'm sure we. Yeah, I'm pretty confident. I think seven eight against bed from. Seven eight should be really looking forward to that one after the good result I had in the Kentina Cup three. Yeah, it was a, that was a fantastic result. We'll, we'll discuss that one in a little bit in the in the league, the Bostick Southeast uh, Division, Bostick Division One Southeast. I don't know what it's called or, or Southeast Division. Right, okay, Southeast Division. Um, Phoenix, Ashford, Cray, Sittingbourne, and BCD all have six points from six so far. Um, but Whitstable and Seven Oaks were both beaten in their first game of the season, and Thamesmead. Like Ramsgate, have lost both of their two games so far. Um, Herm Bay have just a solitary point. Hyde have just got the three, but they did well to bounce back from their defeat to Ashford. And then Hyde, they went on in the Kent Senior Cup as well. We've, we've already talked, or you've already mentioned, Seven Oaks' fantastic win at Folkestone. But Hyde going and, and beating Margate. It was a young Margate side, but you've still got to beat them and a good 3 1 win. Yeah, good at home, aren't they, Hyde? Uh, I think um, since Sam Denny's in there, and their home form has been really good. Margate. Bigger priorities, the Kent Senior Cup. We've discussed this before. Maybe they're saving players for the league again when the Cup com- FA Cup comes around for them. But yeah, hi, playing some good football. Sam Denny's done a really good job there. But I don't think uh, Mike Sanderman or Steve Brown will be too losing too much sleep about going out of the Kent Senior Cup early, early doors. No, and uh, this weekend, there's, well, again, they're all in the FA Cup. But there are fixtures on Monday. And, and this is one thing that does kind of worry me. And, and looking at Last season, the FA Cup wasn't on the bank holiday weekend. And I find it a little bit confusing, I suppose disappointing, Matt, that um, you know there are all these derby games scheduled in for Monday that could quite easily have to be cancelled. Yeah, it, it does seem strange. but And the clubs are going to be, you know, their communication's got to be good. If, if Ashford against Faversham is off on Monday because they're both in an FA Cup replay, um, you've got to make sure that you get it over. Would they play these replays on the bank on Lee Monday as well? We know that, or is it going to be Tuesday evening jobs? I really don't know. Actually, I, I had pondered that myself. I'd imagine that most of them you'll probably be looking will be in um, on Tuesday night because of logistics and stuff like that. But you know, you do look down as you say, Ashford against Faversham. That's a big derby game. You've got Whit- Ramsgate against Whitstable, Hyde against Herm Bay. Obviously, Sam Denning against his former club. And, and the frustrating thing is, if say Herm Bay draw. And that means Hyde haven't got a game at all next week. And that, that's where it's really difficult. And I'm, I'm really surprised. that I, I know they've done this a couple of years before, whereby the FA Cup was on the Saturday and then the, before the bank holiday. But sure, there's got to be a bit more common sense and these games should be next week rather than this week, no? Well, it is. But that's, you know, bank holiday Monday, I know the weather's not going to be brilliant, but people might go, oh, I'll go and watch a game. Get there and realise it's not on because of the replay. So, yeah, I think unless you, unless you can get the replay on the Monday as well, but it, a lot of communication, John. We have to check various social medias on uh, on Saturday evening. Work out when games are going to be on. So keep an eye on the on the podcast. We'll try and work it out. Twitter feed. Yeah, we will. In the Boston Premier, um, looking pretty good for our side so far. Who will sit fourth, sixth, and seventh? Summer Angels seven points from their uh, three games. Folks in the Margate have both got six. Um, and Margate, the, the shirt sponsorship deal with the Libertines is certainly doing well. They were mentioned on Radio X's breakfast show uh, by Chris Moyles yesterday morning because the Libertines were on. 
And um, apparently the shirt sales are going absolutely fantastically. And, you know, whatever whatever's exchanged hands in terms of money or whatever in that deal, it's working really well for Margate so far. Oh, it's a perfect scenario, I think. For the publicity, they've got a seat beat up these by the mega breakfast. So I'm not giving any more publicity in Clifton when he finished it off, which is fair play to him because there's not much meat on his bones, is there? So, um, yeah, it's worked out really well for the market. It gives them that extra publicity, and I'm sure they would sell a lot more shirts than they would do normally if they've got their previous sponsor on, no disrespect to their previous sponsor. Yeah, it gets it out there, and it maybe it's one of those um, in 10, 15 years' time, John, that could be a, a collector's piece, so maybe we should go and get one ourselves. Well, indeed, and obviously Tumridge... Um, went through in the Cantina Cup while both Folkestone and Margate lost. And we've got um, derbies over the weekend on Saturday. Um, Margate hosts Tunbridge Angels. And then you touched on this before, Matt, but Tunbridge Angels were on the road again on um, on Monday as they travelled to Folkestone. So t two games over the Bank Holiday weekend for Tunbridge Angels, both away from home, but both are in Kent. Because it could be worse, because you could be Margate, who are spending their Bank Holiday Monday in Brighton as they play Whitehall, which is yet again more... A-grade fixture scheduling from the Isthmian League. You know, what I don't understand is folks have got two home games on a bank holiday weekend, which seems absolutely madness. I've never known that football. And you've got to feel, somebody mentioned it to me as well, well, if we've got the person who does the programme, they do how many programmes? They have a double programme? Uh, these little things like that. Surely, if folks, why couldn't they do, folks that were at home, on the, on the Saturday, Tunbridge Angels could play folks at, at the Angels Crown. Surely there must be a way around this. But I think this is all to do with if they could play at Christmas or not, isn't it? Some roundabout factors will be linked into this. Yeah, I think so. Because uh, as you mentioned before, later on in the season, um, over Christmas, I don't think Margate have got a game between the 22nd of December and New Year's Day. Um, so I think they're just that's how they've managed to schedule in the fixtures. But yeah, very odd that folk. I I can't see any logical reason why that folks and Tunbridge game on Monday isn't at Longmead. It, it just makes no sense whatsoever. Maybe uh, Matt Davison may know. He's a, a keen Angels sympathiser. Maybe he could let us know. So I know you listen, Matt, and I'll probably see you later in the week as well. But it it just doesn't seem to make any logical sense at all. Oh, uh, and, 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 and bank holiday weekend. I don't know if Tunbridge has got you know the other bank holidays. The Eastern one, I feel they've got two home games in there because you're losing money. Bank of the weekend, people might want to go and watch the football. You should be guaranteed, if you're playing a Saturday, at least one home game to bring money into the club. That's absolutely ridiculous. And going back to what you said about Margate, surely um, Steve Brown and uh, Mike Sandy, if they're not playing from the 18th to the 1st of um, January, send the boys over to uh, Dubai and warm into training for Christmas. That'd be good, wouldn't it? That'd be fantastic. Well, maybe, I'll... Liberty, maybe go with, with the Liberty. That'd be perfect. Well, yeah, but I mean, can you imagine these Margate players wanting to spend Christmas away from their families, Matt? Well, it's Dubai, isn't it? It's lovely. Warm winter training. I mean, they can take some of their families, I don't know. But, no, but well, perfect. If you were Manchester City after watching that documentary, you would be flying all over the place to get some warm winter training. So, there you go. so I'm putting it out there for Margate. Maybe the finances couldn't take the whole squad, but maybe a couple of them might want to do that anyway. Excellent. I can just confirm for you that I've just looked it up and Tunbridge Angels haven't got both games at home over Easter, but they are at home on Easter Monday. Um, that's the way the fixtures have panned out for them. Uh, yeah, right. Well, we put it off long enough, so we better get uh, involved in the National League system now then, Matt. Um, we'll start in the south where um, Dartford had a disappointing defeat, losing 3-0 at home to Wealdstone. And uh, even though you didn't stop by, um, Welling drew 2-2 uh, with Truro at Torquay on Saturday. And... 
from what I've read, it's looking pretty bleak for Truro generally. But well, in a two-two draw down there, it's never a bad result, is it? Because well, in the last minute, I did ask my wife if she wanted to it. And when we were driving on the M5, I think it's all this talking. We could go off, but it was about eleven o'clock. So wandering around and Torquay for three hours was on the agenda. So um, yeah, it could be two-one up. Well, in should, probably should see that off with the experience they've got. But Truro, yeah. Seems a, a real thing. They did mention about the ground. I said I said last week about building a new ground. But will it happen? Um, God, God only knows about that. But Wellin, yeah, not too bad. But they, they picking up their disappointment about the darts, though, isn't it? Wilson, I think, are quite a decent side. But again, maybe scoring goals, missing Bradbrook, missing the Talisman. A really disappointing result for the darts. So they need to um, bounce back pretty quick, I think. Yeah, I think that is part of the problem, is that, you know, it is getting that goals. And, and obviously, Andy Pugh being ruled out for the whole season is, is a struggle. But... Dartford have, have big expectations there, and, and losing three 0 at home is never part of their of their plan, is it? No, they've got Hungerford, I think, on Saturday, which is a, a good game. I think Hungerford, one of the sides, are going to be struggling down the bottom. Been, you know, the wave form has been decent, I think, so far. So, yeah, they need to go there, but they need Delano, Samuel, to pick up. But that's a couple of tough games, I think, Dartford. In a game, Hungerford, one of the poorer sides, they should hopefully um, get back on the horse, but. Yeah, even though they started brightly, I still think they'll be on the outskirts maybe of the playoffs this season. Yeah, looking at the weekend fixture, you've already said uh, Darford go to Hungerford on Saturday, while Welling are at home to Hemel Hempstead. And then on Bank Holiday Monday, these ones definitely won't be called off due to the FA Cup replays. Darford at home to East Thurrock United. And Welling are on the road at Concord, high-flying Concord. So that'll be a, a tricky one for them. Um, right, the National League then. Looks like three of our teams had a really good Saturday. So Ebbsfleet United went and won at, at Barnet. And it was a good win for Maidstone at home to Barrow and Bromley beat Gateshead 1-0. So all's rosy in the National League, Matt, yeah? Well, I, for certain sides, and I do think Ebbsfleet are going to have a really good season. I think they've had two disappointing results at home, but they've lost to Sutton and Chesterfield by the single goal. They don't concede many goals, Ebbsfleet. And going to Barnet, 3-0, going to Hartley 4-1 without conceding. I think Ebbsfleet are a side to be feared in this division. So. I think they can get in the playoffs pretty pretty easily. Once they find the back of the net, get that going. Defensively, they're solid. Very good. Maidstone, bounce back well. Good result against Barrow. So, um, interesting how they're getting against Maiden in there. Maiden, again, it's a good test for Maidstone, I think, at the weekend. Um, and Bromley, need the win. They got it last minute. Um, the guy from Colchester scored, it only came on with a commentary when I did it late on and he was very difficult to pronounce his name. I'll leave you to do that. And that's a good result against Gateshead. So, yeah, all in all, three out of four, absolutely fantastic. Lovely. Well, yeah, we'll, t- we'll talk about the fixes for those teams then. Maidenhead against Maidstone um, is a televised game on Saturday lunchtime uh, that Matt just mentioned there. And Bromley are on the road at Wrexham, uh, who are top of the league, aren't they, Matt, I believe, Wrexham? Yeah, while, well, Wrexham, yeah, because they can see many goals either, yeah. Yeah, while well, Ebbsfleet United have a playoff uh, replay against Aldershot Town, obviously after that thrilling game that they had at uh, the recreation ground that is at Stonebridge Road this week. Um, and then on Monday, Bromley are at home to Haven and Waterlooville, who are involved in more goals than any other team I've ever known. Um, Ebbsfleet United are at Eastleys and uh, Maidstone are at home to Boreham Wood on Monday. Um, that just leaves us with one team in the uh, National League to discuss. Don't have to go at home to Eastleigh on Saturday uh, before travelling to Leighton Orient on uh, Bank Holiday Monday. Um, their result on Saturday, Matt. Um, Chris Kinnear sides don't lose 4 0, do they, Matt? No, to be honest. You know, my day, I didn't expect us to get anything at Fylde. As I said, the first show, 
I expect Fylde to win this league this season because A, they're quality at home and B, they've got Danny, uh, Danny Rowe who's an absolute striker and they've got some other good players and, and that, even though they're a club that's been bankrolled a little bit, I've got a little bit of respect for them because they've done the ground up and, they, and they're not big, big boys, if you know what I'm saying. They, they, they're not, they don't shout it out too much in the press. So I, I quite like Fylde and do that. I, I expected us to lose, but I expected us to lose 4-2, you know, the four goals conceded are pretty poor. The first one, long ball upfield. If you leave Danny Rowe any space at the edge of the penalty, he's going to punish you. He punished over three times last season and they didn't learn from that. So, you know, I expect us to lose, but it's the manner of the defeat. The defence seemed to give up. My concern at the start of the season was, we'll be sorry at the back, we can't score any goals. We've scored seven goals, I think, in five games, four in one helps, but 12 goals conceded in... Um, five games is a worrying statistic at the moment and Chris Kinnear five games he's played the first five the same five teams he's run hasn't changed any teams there's two factors on that A he doesn't trust the bench or B you know he thinks that's you know this is what he's got got to get on with it so it's a little bit concerning and I think Eastley is a big game already because you lose to Eastley or I think Eastley will be middle of the table up and down sort of side you're five points behind them after after six games and you're in a relegation battle. Um, interesting to see that Maidenhead picked up one point and they said, yeah, we're in a relegation battle already and they've got Super Ryan Bird up front. So you can see where it goes from there. It's just <laughs> frustrating. Um, what I've, I, I'm concerned at the moment because we need to strengthen the squad because of me, I, Chris Kinnear might not trust the bench, neither do I because I think our bench is pretty poor. So, and what you're bringing on, it's very similar. Same players come on after 65 minutes, replacing other players. So, somehow we need to get a result against Eastleigh on Saturday. Because, again, late on a Monday, do I expect us to get anything there? The way we're playing? Absolutely not. Then you've got Barnet, might be there struggling. Then you've got Ebsleigh away at home. And you've got Chesterfield away. So, there's some big games coming up. So, I think, is it must-win games in the 25th of August or whatever it will be on Saturday? I'm saying yes, or maybe I'm a little bit carried away. But what's your opinion? You think it's must win for Dover? I think Dover, are, are, they've surprised me because the, the one thing when I've seen Dover play, the one thing they always are is solid at the back. And as you say, they've conceded a lot of goals. and Pathetic goals as well, to be honest. I don't expect a Chris Kinnear side to lose 4-0. When I saw that final score on Saturday, I was very much, I was, I was taken aback really because... You know, Dover have done so well. They've played above themselves. So expectations are higher than they possibly might be. But the one thing you always know from Dover is that they're going to be solid at the back. They're going to be hard to beat. At the moment, they're not hard to beat. I'm sure Fylde will say, well, that was quite easy to beat, to be honest. And they'll be they'll look back at that and think that was a, a very good win. They'll be very pleased with it. But as you say, that if he's played the same 11 players in, the start, in, in these starting games, if that's your team and that's the way they're going to perform then yeah, you're right to be raising alarm bells there because that, that is a concern because you've got to have a squad. And obviously the transfer window doesn't shut for Dover. So Christian is going to have to go out there and do some wheeling and dealing, I think, because you can't go on like this. I know he's lost a lot of players but and he's almost building a new team from scratch. But the problem, the problem he's got now is people aren't going to afford him the time that they might otherwise do because he built a brand new team last year. They were top in November. Now he's, he's, he's tried to do it again this year, and so far it's not working. So I can see that it is a must-win game on Saturday. Yeah, I think we've, I, I, we've overachieved last season, at least for the first half of the season. The second half, 
I think I've looked back since that late Orient game um, when we were tough and drew that we've lost more than we've won in the league form so and not kept many clean sheets so I think up to November we overachieved um, and again doesn't change the team much and maybe they got a bit worn out from, from that point of view but you've got a squad for me on that squad 13 players that you're going to play the rest I think. but last season maybe you had a little bit extra quality you had um, even though I think he's had a good start to the season Connors you had Illa Samley, you had Galifuco, good team, good team players. But this one, Brundle started pretty well, but it, you know, there's, there's nothing in it. And of course, you're lacking a goal threat as well, uh, which is, I know they score goals from there, but you, apart from a set piece, where are you going to score from? So it, it is concerning, and maybe I'm being harsh with Dover who overachieved. Looking back, first season in the National League, after, seven, after 11 games, they had seven points. But then you had the loan market, you brought in Bonner, you brought in your Ricky Millers for a couple of weeks and then it clicked into gear. So somehow Dover need to get some fresh blood in um, which may be a bit difficult because football league clubs can still loan players till the end of the month so players may stick around thinking they get a league club and then Dover can move in. But at that point you could be, you know, in issues really. Because yeah, you look at it, should they have beaten Avon? Nine times out of ten, you're 3-1 down at home and half an hour to go, you shouldn't win that game. So Dover got out of jail a little bit there. So maybe four points is flattering him a little bit at the moment. I know they should have won at Bromley, but it's just disappointing. And Chris Kinnear, massive, massive fan of him, but he's got to change it around a little bit if he gets it. You've got the guy from Sittingbourne, Dave Smith, came in, played pre-season, hasn't even been on the bench. And you've got Effie Young, who's struggling a little bit up top. If Smith a go, we don't know how good he'll be at this standard. Big, strong lad, he might be, it might be something. So... They would have to be a little bit flexible. And sometimes Chris Kinnear, top man, he's not the most flexible of managers. No, I've always said that about Chris Kinnear. That's always been my one criticism, is he's not flexible. This is his formation. He sticks to it. When Dover are chasing a game, they don't all of a sudden throw all, all hands to the pump, throw men forward, take off a centre-half and, and change it up. They pretty much stay with what they are. And that's where the problem lies, really. And, and you know, our team's... Had they been found out now? Have have teams looked and thought, well, that's how Dover play. This we can counteract that by doing this, this, and this. And so far, on the evidence this season, quite possibly that's the case. Yeah, I, I secondly, they've tried to play a little bit of football from the back, bringing it out from the back. And I don't think the man marking has been as prevalent as before. But you know. You had Gallo Foucault, who's a good team player, and he would stick to your orders and do it. Manager says he'd do it, he would do it. Have they got the mindset of the players, of the current players, um, to do that sort of role? Maybe they haven't. So it's just it's just a little bit frustrating. I, again, I, I think Eastley, they need three points out of Eastley because I don't expect anything from Lake Dorian on, um, on Monday. So unless they can bring players in, but that doesn't seem to be the case. So it's a little bit concerning. But on the other hand of the coin, I still, I, I'm thinking absolutely I think I predict them to be finished middle it's outside the playoffs but from what I've seen so far and what they can achieve and what they'll probably can can get more players in, absolutely will be the top Kent side by by a mile, I think, this season. But I mean obviously obviously it have done well, but for me Maidstone have been impressive so far. I mean they they probably had a slightly kinder fixture list than, than, than others, but given that I think they've almost they've just added a little bit to their squad. They've not completely rebuilt. And, and I think that Maidstone are, are, are looking pretty good. I'm not going to say they're going to run absolutely close, but I think Maidstone will certainly finish higher than they did last year. Uh, 
I think you were right with the fixtures, but the good thing about them, they've beaten the sides, they've beaten Barrow at home, and they've beaten Dagenham and Redbridge. You know, Barrow have had a decent start away from home. They're not great. So they've beaten sides who I think will be in and around them or below them. So that shows a little bit of quality. Halifax have got a tonking up there. Late night, it's going to be tough as well, isn't it? So, yeah, I, I think, um, again, it's a good weekend, interesting weekend, I think, for Maidenstone. Maidenhead, you know, you, you expect them to get three points. And then they've got Bournemouth, and Bournemouth, again, struggling a little bit as well this season. So that's interesting game. I think we know a little bit more about Maidenstone uh, from, the, from the weekend. If they can pick up, you know, six points, I think it'll be a fantastic achievement because Bournemouth got to hit the ground running, and, but Maidenhead not. So it'd be interesting to see that. And a bit with Bromley as well, you know, they've got them there, Neil Smith, probably needed that since maybe that little bit of hangover from the trophy final as well. But last minute goal always improves the um, the morale of the club. And yeah, I think we're all on the, on the up at the moment. I, I still think we'll all four sides, well, all sides will be okay. But from a Dover point, where my Dover hat, it is a little bit concerning at the moment because you don't know what Dover you're going to get. You know, seeing seven goals in two games is not, a good factor and it'll be so interesting if Chris Kinnear changes his side on Saturday. Yeah, and it was uh, Junior O'JD Ozuki with that goal for, for Bromley on there. On Saturday, I have a chance to look it up, and I'm quite confident with that. I just want to talk as, as we wrap up about um, having Waterlooville, who obviously you mentioned there lost 4 3 um, at Dover earlier this month, and then last Saturday, 3 2 down in stoppage time at Braintree. A win 4-3. Um, I was going to say goals galore everywhere haven't go, but actually they've conceded fewer goals than Dover have so far. But what a game that was for, for having two thrillers in a row. Yeah, so I said before, I'm always a big fan. If, you, if you're behind and lose a game, eventually, it might take a while, you'll come out and it work in your favour. And that did from there. How much motivation they'll get from two goals in the last minute. Braintree will be on their knees, but having a Waterlooville clearly can score goals because they've scored Seven in the last two, we haven't scored. So, from that point of view, yeah, again, the newly promoted side, it's a good result for them. 19 goals in their games and 19 goals in Dover's games. So, they're the two sides you want to be um, entertainment-wise watching. So, and we just to see how these sides get on. Five games gone, it'll be seven when we speak next. Then, not, by the time, in a couple of weeks' time, there'll be nearly 10 games gone in this division. And then you'll know where, where teams are going to be. But, looking at Dover's fixtures, they definitely need to beat Eastley and... Ex-manager Andy, Andy Hesitalo, of course, on Saturday. And obviously you're there Saturday, are you? Yeah, I am there, yep. So, back um, on my football fix. I'm not going to Lake Norin on the Monday because I've decided to go to Chesterfield to, in a couple of weeks after that. So, uh, uh, I did Lake Norin last year. So, uh, and um, yeah, and a bank holiday. Bank holiday Monday is a bit of a nightmare in London. So, Chesterfield with that. But I'll be watching from afar, hoping my phone doesn't ping too many times when David go to Lake Norin. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know where I'm going to go at the weekend if I can get a pass at, at any point. I've uh, got a few things on. Um, but Monday, uh, Canterbury against Sheppey could be quite tempting up, up at Faversham because that's not too far for me to go. Um, all that really remains to say is good luck to everyone in the FA Cup this weekend. Um, hopefully, as, as, as we've said already, we're going to get plenty of teams going through into the next round where <clears throat> you move even closer to the chance, to the dream. But the most important thing is that you get some money in the coffers anyway for for getting through that. And hopefully we'll have some good successful results. And obviously big weekends for, for all of our teams as, as most of them have got two games um, to play this weekend. And we'll be back with you next week when we'll be discussing all of those games that have happened over the past, uh, over the next seven days. Plenty of big games. There'll be plenty of joy. There'll be plenty of heartache, I'm sure. And um, hopefully 
just hopefully Matt Gerrard will be happier. Um, thanks for everyone, as always, for listening to the Kent Only Podcast with me, John Phipps, and Matt Gerrard. Um, follow us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast and find us on Facebook at Kent Non League. Um, and all that really remains to say is have a lovely bank holiday weekend, and we shall speak to you next week. Just got to be more flexible. <laughs>